The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. The Garda Representative Association, the GRA, has confirmed that it will proceed with a motion of no confidence in the Garda Commissioner, Drew Harris. This following a meeting between the GRA and the Commissioner in Garda HQ in the Phoenix Park, they were discussing contentious issues like the potential resumption of a pre-COVID work roster and the lack of resources in the force. Special correspondent for the Irish Independent and crime author Paul Williams joins me now. Paul, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Now, first of all, um, they'll have a vote. They'll organise a vote, I suppose. Um, How is it likely to go? Well, I'll tell you one thing, Pat. Um, And if I met you for a pint this evening and had a few tips for horses and a few other bets, I would not be suggesting that you or yourself and myself nip out to Paddy Powers and lay a few quid on the outcome of this forthcoming uh, referendum uh, by the Gardaí on their boss. I think it is going to be... The way that all the the indicators are uh, at the moment is that the relationship between the Garda Commissioner and his top team of management people and the rank and file uh, Garda who work for him uh, has completely and utterly broken down on a level that's unprecedented, much worse than anything we've ever seen before. So to bet on whether they will vote confidence in their commissioner, I think there's only going to be one outcome out of that. And it is a very, very serious um, situation in the, poli- in the relationships within Angarda Shiokana and also has huge implications for Angarda Shiokana's ability to do its job and its relationship with the community. Um, okay, if they vote confidence in him, then he carries on and he does uh, what he has planned to do, and we'll talk about uh, the changes that he wants to make in a moment. If they vote no confidence in him, I mean, what happens to him? I mean, it's a bad look about it, uh, but the minister's certainly not going to bow to, if you like, the rank and file deciding who runs the show. Well, basically, you know, the Gardaí don't have a right to strike, uh, but they do have a right to vote uh, on a no-confidence motion in their boss. And what they're doing is it's the only only mechanism that's available to, the, to say to the state, look, we have, are at the end of our tether. We have had enough. I've never seen in all... I'm watching policing very, very closely, Pat, for over 30 years. And I have never seen... Like, we always talk about morale. And morale is generally used as a sort of a, you know, a gauge to <clears throat> work out the state of affairs uh, for the police at any particular time or any organisation. And morale is, in a disciplined organisation is vital to achieve its, its purpose to protect and serve the community. However, that has all completely broken down. I have never seen the level, the morale so bad before in Agarda Shigana. And this is another aspect to it. I was talking to a superintendent. I was talking to also a few chiefs because of that, for stuff that I'm working on at the moment for the Irish Independent. And they are openly saying that their, their officers are absolutely right to engage in this because they themselves have lost confidence. They themselves, their own morale amongst the senior ranks of the Garda Shikana has plummeted. They are all fed up. And the person who's going to take it in the neck is Drew Harris. Well, then again, he is the, the, the best paid commissioner in the history of the state. Um, I think basically what this is going to do is it's going to send a message out to government. It's going to certainly send a message to the public, but it's also going to be very devastating. If there is a, a universal uh, no-confidence motion in Drew Harris, it's not going to be good for his good international reputation. Mm. Remember, he's from the RUC, PSNI. Um, he, his future 
Um, he's a lot of years left in him. He's going to be going off into the sunset. He rode into Dodge City. He was going to clean up this this place called uh, Ireland and this policing. And he's going to ride out of Dodge City in another year or two. And he's probably earmarked for a big, big job somewhere in the Met or, or somewhere in the UK. All of this is going to look very bad for him. Um, uh, but but Paul, is, that, is this at the heart of it? Put is, in line. is this the heart of it? That, uh, you know, from the senior management down uh, of the Garda Shia the ranked uh, management, shall we say, they expected that big job to go to one of their own. And it didn't go. Well, see, is there, is the, there resentment about Drew Harris from the get-go because he wasn't one of their own? No, absolutely not. The GRA and the rank and file embraced him when he walked in. And also there was a feeling at the time, Pat, and you do remember that the, the, the last two commissioners, uh, it did not go well at all for them. The last really good commissioner who held the, the Garda Shia together, from my perspective and what I can see and my experience is Faulkner Murphy. Uh, but it was in a complete and utter mess, and it culminated in the Morris McCabe affair. And yes, at that stage, they were left with no alternative, one would say, but to bring somebody in. I don't think it is that, it, that, that is because they resent him being brought in the first place. A lot of people agree that we need a new hand, we need a new brush. However, that's, that narrative has completely altered and changed because they argue that, you know, Harris adopted a zero-tolerance approach to infractions of discipline and procedures. And he is now, it, that has translated into a system whereby cops are, it does have, are suspended first and asked questions later, guilty until proven innocent. Between GSOC and the Gardaí themselves, the people are being suspended from duty uh, for infractions. Isn't that the norm, though? Left for years. In any situation where an allegation is made against anybody, mm. uh, be they you know, a television presenter in the BBC or ITV, <clears throat> or whether it's in a company where there's someone is um, under a cloud maybe over financial mismanagement, they're normally suspended with full pay, pending investigation. And with uh, a Garda member who's dealing with the public all the time, um, if, for example, they're policing in a locality, there is some cloud over them for some <clears throat> incident that happened in that, lo- that locality. Is that Garda credible as a police uh, officer in that locality while the cloud remains? So, oh, is- absolutely. You need a rigorous system of discipline and to ensure, like, p- police are on the f- front line and they are, they are not immune to corruption. However, it's about basic fair procedures. If you are charged with an offence uh, or you are pro- pulled in and you're suspended, you can't be left out there for two and three years sitting there twiddling mm. your thumbs. You, you, it's not, so it's, it's a it's speedy not fair, resolution. Uh, system. Speedy resolution of these uh, processes, one way or the other, either you know, uh, suspend, <coughs> review, vindicate quickly, or suspend, Absolutely. review, bring serious charges, dismiss. That has contributed very, very significantly to the position we're in now today. Because there were like one of the cases that comes to mind was a bunch of cops were suspended down in Limerick for allegedly wiping tickets for ordinary civilians down there. Uh, that case is going nowhere after three or four years, and those cops, some of them, are still left sitting there, and their mental health uh, and their families and their reputations sitting in shreds because somebody couldn't be bothered their arses to turn around and say, you know what, this we didn't find anything here, lads. These guys are okay. Let them go back to work. And all of this is feeding into a situation whereby we're in an unprecedented place where where the GRA are saying, you know, we're going to vote on whether we have any confidence in our commissioner or not. And that is, like, going back to policing, the reason we're talking about this at the moment is this horrific attack on an American tourist two weeks ago. Now, suddenly the government found 10 million euros 
to pay for overtime to police the city. Suddenly, there are police moving, and suddenly we get all these fluffy press releases from the guards and from the government, particularly the Department of Justice, telling us that everything is hunky-dory in the garden. It is not. The very fact that we had to do that means that it's an acknowledgement of failure. And the reason it wasn't done before, and we do this, this is again and again and again throughout our history, this is not necessarily Drew Harris's fault. We just let things slide and let them get out of control. 2015, Pat, I'll just remind you. I started covering this for the Irish Independent. We had a big campaign about rural crime. We didn't realize how bad rural crime was at the time and the lack of policing. Francis Fitzgerald, the Minister for Justice at the time, and the Garda Commissioner at the time, Noreen O'Sullivan, went to absolute war with the Indo, briefing everybody that this was all bullshit, that we were exaggerating and hyperbolizing. However, after about two months of that, they suddenly found €5 million to pay for overtime to try and get a basic level of policing in the countryside. Three months later, 2016, February, Regency Hotel attack. One of the biggest uh, criminal events, perhaps, in the calendar, where the, the mob were, who were involved in the feud with the Hutches were coming back to parade and have their, their way in at a hotel. Not one police officer within a mile, except journalists, to record the event. After that, again, multi-million euro packages brought in. Suddenly, the inner city, which is now back in the middle of a maelstrom again, was extra police, extra resources to give the people, and also to work at the sociological roots of, of criminality to try and help people. All of these things happen. It's a recurring theme. Just let the situation get out of hand, and then mm. let's run into okay, let's now, race now Paul, to the rescue. A, a couple of things. Now, w- with the exception of the Regency attack and how scandalising that was, um, the impression among ordinary citizens of the capital, particularly, is that pre-COVID, pre the pandemic, uh, policing was reasonably efficient. Uh, not ideal. Won't be until we get the numbers up to appropriate levels. Then the pandemic happened. There was a change in rosters. Police became invisible a lot of the time. Uh, You'd see them maybe checking people whether or not they were driving outside their COVID area and all that sort of thing. But, um, you know, in the city streets where you had, uh, once they opened up uh, on-street drinking and so on, an absence of police, the yobs took over, um, and, you know, we are where we are. So what the commissioner is saying, and maybe I'm wrong on this, he's saying, we want to go back to the kind of shifts we had pre-COVID because they were keeping the streets relatively safe. What we put in as an emergency measure during COVID was not keeping the streets safe. So we want to go back there and the guard are saying, hang on a second, we really enjoyed the change in rosters because mm-hmm. we only worked four days um, on the trot and we had long shifts. And if we had to work extra days, we got loads of allowances. So... Basically, we want to keep the comfy number we had, uh, which was generated during the pandemic. We don't want to go back to the hard work of pre-COVID. Well, one of the things for anybody observing this from a close angle is that there has been tension simmering and festering under the radar now for years. Number two, the, 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 the issue, the argument in relation to rosters are, and I'm certainly not here to argue for them, but I see the logic in it because I was talking to a chief superintendent only yesterday who explained to me how the rosters work. And this guy, as well, by the way, is totally on the side of the GRA. He's saying, I currently have four shifts. It was a brilliant system to bring in, and it works because we had as many people, as the most people we can possibly get out on, on the beat with the current system. 
If we change back to the old system that Drew Harris wants to introduce, this is what they're saying, it is now going to move from four shifts to five shifts. And then you have less police than you had before because we have this, this continuous uh, drop. We, we have a difficulty in retention and, and uh, recruitment at the moment in a Garda Shikana, which is a new phenomenon as well. So they're going to move from four to five shifts. So basically, if you have 20 guards uh, split between four shifts, or say five guards per shift, you're now down to four, or maybe even three, if you spread it up, spread it out. And therefore, it's going to actually reduce the number of cops available to patrol on the streets. So if that were the case, well. why does he want to do it? Because I think it's because he was told by the government, the Department of Justice, who pulled the, the budgetary strings. They think this doesn't work for them financially and they want to change it. And that has always been the, like you don't, like this has been from the very start. Fine Gael, by the way, our law and order party, should hang their collective heads in absolute shame. Because they have presided, the, the Law and Order Party has presided over an absolute spectacular mess since they came into since they got the, the justice portfolio. The austerity and the saving of money became like almost like a, like almost like a fetish for them. They loved telling people, "You have to do with less because we don't have the money." But but, but yet they're, they're the pushing on with recruitment, Paul. They, they want to have more and more guard. They, they're finding a difficulty, by the way, in, the in, in attracting people. Is because of, but it's the same thing with the Defence Forces. The, Fine Gael, going back to their poll position in all of this, they've let all these institutions down. It is no longer seen as a vocation. It is no longer seen as a lifetime-long commitment to join on Garda Shia And that will ultimately be Drew Harris's legacy. That police, when he leaves, the police would just, the cops are coming in and they're spending less than 20 years. Their pension is completely depleted from a certain level since the, those brought in since they are recruited since the, 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 uh, the crash, the economic crash. There was no incentive for them to stay. There was also no incentive. Yeah, but wasn't for them to it a very wasn't it a very soft number? The the pension that they could uh, get very early on in life, long before uh, normal people in the private sector uh, could mm. retire, they could retire on a very good pension, go off and do other jobs, which many of them, of course, did, and it was seen as a you know a pretty good way to to have. Uh, you know, your cake and eat it simultaneously once Until you took early retirement. you run into a scumbag like Aaron Brady and his mates uh, outside a, in a, on a wet and miserable night in January outside a, a credit union when a guy points a gun at your head point blank and blasts you at, at, and murders you or terrorises your mates. Like when you see all the videos and all the stuff that's up on YouTube about the amount of attacks on Gardaí that's going on. It is a, it, 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 the one time was this job where they stood together and they would take on these issues. Now they're looking and saying, what's the point? It's going to affect my career. I'm going to get suspended. I'm going to get myself in trouble. This gorier here is going to make a complaint against me. It has completely muddied the waters in the relationships. And the it's down to this, Pat, and I've said this to you many, many times, and there's the one point I would make about this. This is not about cops, whether they are cozy in their jobs or otherwise, or not getting enough money. It's about com- policing with confidence, and that confidence feeds into the confidence of the public. It's, they're there to protect and serve the public. The people who are going to find themselves over-policed are the law-abiding people who are easy to police. The people who will be under-policed and are being under-policed are the vociferous, violent thugs who congregate and are using and uh, exploiting this situation at the moment, this lack of confidence, to basically terrorise police and put them off their jobs. I'll tell you one thing. Some of the people I know through my life, and you're absolutely right, some absolute wasters in organisations, 
But I know an awful lot, like there's a guy who retired recently, Christy Mangan, the chief superintendent who led the campaign in Drogheda. He's got a great book out called Cracking uh, Crime. Uh, he was the lad, the, the cop who, sir, who led the operation against the drug gangs in Drogheda. He was given, he was awarded the Scott Medal twice in his young career, in his early career, because he faced dangerous criminals. And he was nominated for a third one. Only problem was that one of the gougers, armed gougers who threatened to shoot him and his mates at the time, was, had, had got a broken leg, God love him, during the robbery. Now, the point I'm making is, Christy Mangan is certainly well entitled to his gratuity. He's certainly well entitled, because uh, he has served this state very, very well. And Gardee, like him, served this state in a way that no other public servant serves this state. Because policing is one of the most dangerous, unpredictable, uh, and potentially life-changing. A cop walks out of his station down in the arsehole of nowhere. A quiet station, nothing ever happens. Within five minutes, he could find himself in a situation facing somebody who has serious psychotic issues, pointing a gun at him and he's blasted to death. You just don't know. It is, right. the, it is, it is the most vu- uh, vulnerable, and it is the most dangerous job mm. that a public servant can do. So Paul, I wouldn't begrudge them any of their money. Paul, thank you very much for joining us. Paul Williams, who's special correspondent for the Irish Independent, and of course, uh, his updated book about the monk is currently in your bookstores. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.